Welcome to the NASCAR Field Filler Podcast, where you can get the latest results, fantasy picks, and news every week in the NASCAR racing world. We just got one more spot left to fill, so let's give it to our host. Here he is, Vanilla Wafers. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the back of the field. This is Vanilla Wafers, and thank you for tuning in to the Field Filler Podcast. Can you believe this is going to be the last race? Of the regular season here in the 2022 season for both the Cup Series and Xfinity Series, we are back at Daytona, and this is going to be the last race before the playoffs start. It's so weird to think about it. It feels like just a few episodes ago, we were talking about if the next-gen car was going to perform to our standards. Well, we've just already had 25 races to see that, and we've had 15 different winners. We're going to have at least one driver make it in by points. We'll talk about that in just a moment. And we have been able to see which tracks have performed the best with the next-gen cars and which tracks have kind of struggled. And believe it or not, mostly the mile-and-a-half tracks have been some of the most exciting races, and the short tracks have been some of the least exciting races. Who would have thought that would have happened in the 2022 season? But here we are. I think it overall it's been really good for the sport to make this jump to the next-gen car, as we've seen a lot of drivers from all over the world want to compete here in the Cup Series now. We have also seen a rise in viewership, more tracks and cities wanting to be a part of NASCAR. I think overall it's been a great jump in the right direction, and I'm really excited to see what the playoffs hold, but we still have one more race before we dive into the playoffs, and it's probably going to be the most unpredictable race that we have seen so far in the 2022 season, and that is the Coke 0400 at Daytona. Is there a chance that we're going to be able to start this race on time, on the scheduled time of Saturday night? Uh, Maybe, because we have had rainstorms here at Daytona Beach for the last few days, and it's going to continue all the way until next Tuesday. So I, it's going to be tough to get this race fully completed, but they are going to try their best. So hopefully, just hopefully, we see a full race on Saturday night. Now we got to figure out our fancy picks because now it's more important than ever. Most of us only have one picks or no picks left of a few drivers. So we got to be very smart on who we use here before we go into the playoffs because after this race, All the drivers will be reset to five picks here in the final 10 races. So you got to be very smart on who you go with during the playoffs. Now we get to see who's been the most conservative with their picks. I've been very fortunate. I think I only got one driver who I've ran out of picks on, and I can't even think about who it is. It's not Chase Elliott. I think it's Kyle Larson now that I think about it, which I'm perfectly all right with because I know he's not going to be performing well at Daytona. So hopefully you guys were smart here for saving some of your picks towards the Daytona race because let me tell you, there's going to be certain picks that you want to go with, but at the same time, there'll be also some picks that you probably haven't used at all during the season that are going to work wonders here in this race. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to go through every single driver here in this race as we have 37 cars on the entry list. But before we do that, why don't we talk about some news that has happened this week because there's been a lot of contract extensions, a lot of uh, title news and all that good stuff. So let's dive into it. Let's first start off with a small team that we have not seen yet who is going to make their debut at Road America, wasn't able to make it, tried again at Watkins Glen, again not able to do so, and that is Team Stange. If you're not familiar with this team, this is the 79 team that's based out of Chicago that said they 
were going to run a few races this year with Tarso Marquez, and unfortunately, they still have not attempted a race yet at this time. They did an interview with the driver, and they said one of the biggest issues has been that they've been trying to build a next-gen car from scratch. So it's been really difficult. They might, however, buy a car from one of the smaller teams to be able to have an opportunity to attempt a few races here by the end of the season. They said their goal is still to make at least one race here in the 2022 season. So we'll keep an eye on that number 79 car, but it's been a lot of delays for this team to make it out onto the racetrack. There's also been a lot of bit of news in the Penske camp as they've added some long-term contract extensions for both the number 12 of Ryan Blaney as well as the number 22 of Joey Logano. Sounds like they're going to be there for the long term as they did not quite say how long these contracts are going to last. But when you hear the word long term, you kind of could expect at least probably five years still in the car. And that was given to both Ryan Blaney as well as Joey Logano. Austin Sidrick hasn't gotten a long-term contract extension. However, he is a rookie right now. And I really don't see him going anywhere else since he has such a huge connection with the Penske Racing Team. But one thing that a team always wants is committed drivers. They want a committed camp that they can focus on for many years to come. And that's what they're going to get at here with Team Penske. So Joey Logano, expect to see him in the 22 car for many years going forward as as well as the same to Ryan Blaney in the number 12 machine. Speaking of contract extensions, let's talk about a driver who announced that he was going to retire after the end of the season. Apparently, he's not only coming back next year, but he signed a multi-year agreement. Eric Amarola made the big announcement that he is staying with Stuart Haas Racing for a couple of years. And this one absolutely shocks me because I thought to myself that that maybe one more year for Eric Amarola. Maybe. But after that, he's going to be done. Nope. Something about this season, he has reconsidered his option to retire, and he's saying that I am here to stay in the number 10 machine, and a lot of fans are honestly disappointed by this, because I think most people were just hoping, please, Kyle Busch is that number 10 machine, Kyle Busch is the number 10. Unfortunately, that's not going to happen now for those fans, so they're a little upset by that, but honestly, Eric Amarola is super consistent, so I do understand why they want him in the car. He brings big sponsorship. I mean, his partnership with Smithfield is absolutely huge. Basically, if you get Eric Amarola in your car, you're not going to have to worry about sponsorship, and that's very important in the NASCAR Cup Series, and he's also very consistent, so I'm hoping that him getting this contract extension kind of puts an extra fire in the team's back end because they need some steps in the right direction for a little bit more consistency as yes they used to be known as the top 10 team well not really anymore they're kind of known as the top 15 so they got to push things a little bit more in the right direction either way though one thing's for sure that number 10 car is not up for sale as Eric Amarola has signed a multi-year agreement with Stuart Haas Racing and the contract extensions continued throughout the week as we also had an announcement from Trackhouse Racing and that is regarding Daniel Suarez Daniel Suarez has made the announcement that he will be returning to the team in 2023. This is honestly a no-brainer. I mean, the combination with Daniel Suarez and Trackhouse Racing is just perfect. I can't think of a better combination except maybe Bubba Wallace and 2311. Uh, Daniel Suarez fits really good with this team. He has provided some great results. He got a victory at Sonoma. I would have been shocked to see if Daniel Suarez would have moved on to a different team because Trackhouse Racing wanted him from the very beginning. So this one's not much of a surprise, but still we have to make this announcement for Trackhouse Racing that the 99 car is still going to belong to Daniel Suarez. And speaking of Trackhouse Racing, 
racing. They have just had their first ever race with Project 91 at Watkins Glen with Kimi Raikkonen. A lot of people really enjoyed it. I mean, it showed in the TV ratings as it went up 20% from last year. Just incredible numbers. But Kimi Raikkonen more than likely had a little bit of an effect on that. Obviously, I think the biggest thing was the next-gen cars and just how exciting NASCAR has been this year. But Project 91 has been an absolute hit from the get-go as now Justin Marks has made the announcement that he has had over 20 different drivers from multiple series wanting to take a crack at that number 91 machine. This is huge. You do not know how huge it is to hear that as NASCAR back in 2007, 2008, that's when they got had a lot of people wanting to make the move on over. And that was during a time when NASCAR was at a slight decline, but overall it was still at its highest point. And to see drivers once again from other series wanting to compete in NASCAR and have an opportunity, that is great because it shows that NASCAR is definitely on a better market than it was before. People want to come back and see it. These cars have provided more of an even playing field for a lot of these teams. So people have the opportunity now to jump in these cars and be competitive. And that is super important. I hope that we see potentially other teams do something similar to what Trackhouse Racing is doing. Because I'd love to see that. I'd love to see 36 regular drivers fighting out for the championship. Plus four other slots filling in from drivers from around the world as kind of like wild card racers, that'd be a lot of fun. Maybe more of like two or three and then one for an open charter team, one of the smaller teams to have an opportunity because I love seeing the smaller teams compete, which by the way, Beard Motorsports is making an attempt this race here as they run the super speedway races, which I'm very happy to see. But fans need to be super excited about this because we could see some big drivers make the jump on over to do a one start here in the 2023 season. I mean, one of the biggest names I can think of right now is Elio Castroneves. He wants to make a jump on over into the Cup Series race. I'm pretty sure Marco Andretti is another one who wants to run a Cup race. He already made the announcement he's going to run the Xfinity Series race here in a few weeks at the Charlotte Roval. So I'm super excited to see where Project 91 goes and see potentially if we see some other teams do do the same thing. And then let's move down to the truck series, but this at the same time applies to the cup series, and that is with Zane Smith with Front Row Motorsports. He has made the announcement that he has made an extension with Front Row Motorsports all the way to 2026, so he'll be running the number 38 truck next year, as well as a few races in both the Xfinity Series and the Cup Series. He will be making his inaugural debut in the Cup Series at the Daytona 500. If he can make it in, there's a lot of questions coming up here on whether or not he's going to be running the 38 car and there'll be multiple drivers running the number 38 machine or Front Row Motorsports will have a third car in the race. But this is absolutely big. Zane Smith has been kicking ass in this number 38 truck, so I appreciate that he's getting a huge opportunity with Front Row Motorsports. But he's also made the announcement that he's going to run some races in the Xfinity Series and the Cup Series next year. So keep an eye on Zane Smith as right now this looks to be another staple driver for the team. Something that they absolutely need right now because Front Row Motorsports is in that transition of becoming kind of like one of those backmarker teams to one of the front running teams. I know there's still a lot of steps for them to go, but with Michael McDowell getting so many top 10s and Todd Gillen getting some good finishes at the road courses, it will only be a matter of time before we see Front Row Motorsports as a more competitive team here in the Cup Series and it could potentially start with Zane Smith making the jump up slowly but surely, into the Cup Series. Now that we've talked about all the exciting news, we now got to move on to some news that's a little bit of a downer here in the Cup Series. Let's first talk about the one that everyone's been talking about, and that's regarding the number 45 team with Kurt Busch. So as most to all of you are aware, 
Kurt Busch unfortunately suffered a concussion in a practice run at Pocono. It was either practice or qualifying. Either way, it wasn't even a race. It was a setup before a race at Pocono. And unfortunately, he suffered a concussion and he has been out ever since. Well, unfortunately, he just made the announcement that he will also miss the first race minimum of the playoffs, meaning he is withdrawing his waiver request, which means Kurt Busch will not be running for a championship here in the 2022 season. This is absolutely a big bummer. I really like Kurt Busch. I like the steps he has made in the last 10 years on going into the right track. And here with the number 45 team, it it seems like it's a really good mesh. He's been helping out the team a lot. Hell, he got a victory at Kansas. And then all of a sudden this happens, and what an absolute bummer. I'm hoping to see him come back here in the round of 16. Hopefully he starts racing here soon. But at the same time, this almost brings me back to the situation that happened in 2016 with Dale Earnhardt Jr., and he could potentially miss the rest of the season. If it's better for his concussion, I'd say I would prefer he miss the rest of the season, but at the same time, I want to see him come back. So Kurt Busch, if you're out there, we're hoping for a super fast recovery. Make sure to take care of yourself. That is the most important thing. In the meantime, time it looks like Ty Gibbs will be substituting for him what this means for his rookie of the year run in the cup series whenever he makes it I'm not sure they might make an exception since he is a substitute driver we shall see but unfortunately Kurt Busch will not be running for a championship this year as he will withdraw his waiver request and miss at least the first race of the playoffs and the last bit of news we need to talk about is with the 48 team. It's not regarding Alex Bowman. It's regarding his crew chief. As Greg Ives, the same crew chief who was able to lead Chase Elliott into some championships in the x series, unfortunately will end his career as a crew chief at the end of the 2022 season. He says that if he feels like the time is right, he's been doing it for 17 seasons, uh, making countless memories, but he says it's time to hang up the headset at the end of the 2022 season. He's been with JR Motorsports since 2004. He returned to Hendrick Motorsports in 2015. has been a Cup Series crew chief ever since, but unfortunately, he says the time is now for him to step away from the crew chief seat, and he will be retiring. So who will be the crew chief next year? We're not sure yet, but one things for sure it will not be great guys as he announces his retirement at the end of the 2022 season and those were the biggest bit of news here this week actually a lot of news this week usually that section only lasts about five minutes this time it went for like 12 minutes so a lot of news here in the nascar racing world and i think next week will be just as big as sounds like kyle bush is going to be making an announcement here soon which i think a lot of people are anticipating and the 2023 schedule is rumored to be announced during labor day weekend so a lot of excitement there but a lot of contract extensions, so that means the Cup Series is very limited on who's going to be going into what seats right now. It is all looking like return drivers, so we'll see what happens here soon. But in the meantime, guys, let's focus on the most important thing, and that is our fancy picks here for this weekend. Which drivers do we want to go with? Which drivers do we want to stay away from here in the last race of the regular season? So without further ado, let's dive into it. Let's look at every single driver on the entry list and see who is worthy of a spot on your fancy team. Alrighty guys, we got 37 drivers, which means we got to figure out who our top picks are going to be that are going to be running for the victory here in this race. The rest of the top 10 is a pretty good category and some drivers you might want to take a gamble on here this weekend. Now we have a few drivers that we know are in a must win scenario, so we could consider those guys as top picks, but they could be at the same time drivers you might want to take a gamble on here instead. Either way, let's dive into it. Let's first start off with a driver who does got to get a victory here to lock himself in, but at the same time, 
is already in by points. Let's talk about the number 12 of Ryan Blaney. Ryan Blaney should be a great pick here this weekend, especially after how well he's been performing here for the last couple of years. Almost won the Daytona 500 earlier this year, and he won the Coke 0400 last year. He's going to be a front runner. He needs to make sure he gets some solid points just to lock himself in no matter what happens here in this race. He needs to get a big enough gap between him and Martin Trex Jr., who, by the way, also did good in this race in the Daytona 500 earlier this year. Regardless, though, the number 12 of Ryan Blaine, definitely a great pick, and hopefully you saved one last pick for him this weekend because he should be running near the front. You should also include the number 9 of Chase Elliott, the driver with the most victories so far in the 2022 season. Here at Daytona, he has been very consistent at running up front. The Hendrick Motorsports team has had some fast engines here at these racetracks. And last year especially was a great year for Chase Elliott at Daytona as he was able to finish ninth and second and lead 39 laps in those races and have an average running position of eighth. If you want someone who's going to be very consistently running up front, Chase Elliott might be the best option here to go with. Uh, compared to the two racetracks, he usually does the best at Daytona, even though he doesn't have a victory yet. At this racetrack, he is still a big viable option, and if you have one pick left, use Chase Elliott. He is not going to be comparable to Kyle Larson, where Kyle Larson struggles at this racetrack. He typically runs up front, and it's not really a risky pick. Chase Elliott, definitely a top pick for fantasy rosters here this weekend. And then for the top-running Toyota here in this race, I am really split between two, and you might already guess which those two are. But I think the one we got to go with here is the one who's the hungriest to get this victory. And if he gets this victory, he can lock himself in. He is a really talented uh, super speedway racer, and we got to include him here as a top pick. Let's do it. The number 23 of Bubba Wallace should be a top pick here this weekend for fantasy teams. Now, a lot of people are probably thinking, what? He, he hasn't even won a Daytona yet. Why is he considered a top pick? Well, let's be honest here. Looking at all the races we have had in Daytona in the past few years, who is usually one of the front runners? That number 23 machine, and Daytona has honestly been his best statistical track. And even though he has a victory at Talladega, it was rain-shortened, he has still looked really strong at this race. The Daytona 500 earlier this year led 12 laps, finished second, so damn close. 2021, he finished third. 2020, he finished fifth. He is a front-runner at this racetrack all the time. His average running position is usually in the top 10, and I think this weekend he's going to do everything he can to get a victory in this race, especially due to the fact that now 2311 doesn't have a team locked in into the playoffs since Kurt Busch has made the announcement that he's withdrawing his waiver. So for him to get this victory and move himself in would be huge for the team. He is a bit of a riskier pick, but I can totally see him getting a victory here in this race and not being surprised at all by that. So the 23 of Bubba Wallace, I know you still got some picks from him as most people have been using him for only the super speedway races. Well, you got to use him again here this weekend because he could potentially get a victory here in the 26th race of the 2022 season. And those, ladies and gentlemen, are my top three picks here for this weekend. One from each manufacturer. Let's go through it. The number 12 of Ryan Blaney, the number 9 of Chase Elliott, and the number 23 of Bubba Wallace. Alrighty, so now let's move on to the rest of the top 10. And in my personal opinion, this is probably the most important picks that you're going to make here this weekend. Your third, fourth, and fifth pick on your fantasy teams. Just for the simple fact that 
we we have a feeling we know which drivers are going to be there at the end. But man, if you have one or two drivers that you have on your fantasy team and they get caught up in the big one, that's devastating. So in this fight, you got to find the most consistent drivers. Now I'm going to include some drivers that I think are going to be really close there running for the victory, but I will also let you know to take into consideration that they could potentially get caught up in an incident. Why don't we start off with the driver that just missed the top picks? In fact, I was just going to include him on there, but I felt like, nah, nah, nah. Doing one Ford, one Chevy, one Toyota is pretty good for top picks. Why don't we include the number 11 of Denny Hamlin? Denny Hamlin is hands down one of the better restrictor plate racers out there. But do keep in mind, he mostly is dominant when it comes to the Daytona 500. That's where he leads most of his laps. Because if you look at his laps led at the Daytona 500 in the last four races, the most recent one he didn't lead a lap, which absolutely shocked me. But he was caught up in an early incident, so I'll give him that. But... With the other three races, he has led about 215 laps. 215 laps in the Daytona 500. Well, what about the Coke Zero 400? Well, he has only led 21 laps in the last three Coke Zero 400s. That's super crazy to think about how much of a difference that is. That is a almost a 200-lap difference. But at the same time, do take this into consideration. His average running position is usually around the top 10, meaning for the most part, he is usually there near the end. He's very consistent getting stage points. So I really feel like Denny Hamlin, even though he's probably not going to be running for the win here this weekend, he is going to be running near the front and will be a reliable driver to put as your number three spot. Yes, he got caught up in an accident, and sometimes he gets caught up in accidents here and there. I mean, 2018, he got caught up in an incident as well. So do keep that in mind. He does have a little bit more bad luck when it comes to the second race at Daytona and not the Daytona 500. Still though, he is a driver to really consider here this weekend. Now let's include another Ford in this race. Let's talk about the Daytona 500, the number two of Austin Sindrick. And one thing you're going to see here real quickly is the Fords are going to be the ones that we're going to have here as our top picks here for this weekend. Because one thing is for certain, when it comes to the super fast racetracks, the Fords have nailed it. They really have. Michigan, Kevin Harvick comes out of nowhere to get a victory and snags his two-year losing streak. But at the Daytona 500, it was nothing but the Fords running up front. So Austin Sindrick, even though he's a rookie, could potentially come to Daytona here this weekend and potentially sweep the year at Daytona just by how fast they've been at this racetrack. And this race wasn't a fluke for him. I know a lot of people are thinking, oh, he just got lucky. He led 21 laps in this race. He led 10% of the Daytona 500. And people really need to take that into consideration. He is a talented driver. He is really good at road courses, but he also has a really big act for running well at super speedway races. Had a fast car in February. Team Penske, once again, is going to bring fast cars here this weekend. So it will not be a surprise if you see that number two car running near the front with his teammates. So another good driver to put as maybe your number four pick for fantasy rosters here this weekend. Let's stay on the topic of Fords as we have another driver here who is outside the playoffs that could potentially upset a lot of drivers here. And of course, I'm talking about the number six of Brad Keselowski. The beginning of the year was incredible for Brad Keselowski as he was able to win one of the Gatorade duels. I'm, I'm so used to saying the Gatorade duels. It's not called that anymore. The duels at Daytona. That is the right word to use nowadays. He was so fast there. In the Daytona 500, he led 67 laps. And also in the last six super speedway races, he has scored the 
fourth most fantasy points out of all active drivers, only behind Bubba Wallace, Chase Elliott, and Austin Dillon, who we'll talk about here shortly. Brad Keselowski looks really good here for this weekend. The RFK racing has been making steps in the right direction, especially with Chris Buescher. But Brad Keselowski is the best when it comes to super speedway races. Usually we talk about him mostly when it comes to Talladega, but he is really good here at Daytona as well. Even though maybe most of his finishes have not shown that, he still leads quite a bit of laps here and there when it comes to this racetrack, and if he can stay out of trouble, he'll be a great fantasy option here for fantasy teams and could potentially score in the high 50s if he stays out of trouble because he has a fast car and he's usually running near the front. And let's include his old teammate as well as Austin Sendrick's teammate. Let's talk about the number 22 of Joey Logano. Joey Logano is a driver who can get stage points but cannot finish the race. With that being said, he does get stage points. And he's been coming out of nowhere and finishing near the front. My hope here for Joey Logano is that he can stay out of trouble. That's the one thing he just has the hardest time doing, and that is staying out of trouble. He has a very fast car. He's probably going to get you probably 18 stage points. I really feel like he can almost sweep it if he really wanted to. But he's going to be right up there in the top three for stage one, stage two. And if he's able to finish like 21st or 24th or maybe even 15th, would be really great. He could still score you about 30-something points. And for someone being your fifth fantasy pick, that is actually great. So that is why I'm putting him in the top 10 list because even though he has a bad act of not being able to finish these races, he still can get stage points and still could be a viable option. So Joey Logano is a good pick here this weekend at Daytona. All right, the Fords have taken up the last few spots. Now we got to move back to another manufacturer. Let's go back to Chevy, and let's talk about a driver who people sometimes blow over, and, and they really shouldn't because his results have been going in the right direction as far as fantasy points go. Let's talk about the number three of Austin Dillon. Yes, Austin Dillon is a viable option here this weekend that many people need to consider as a fourth or fifth pick in your fantasy teams because like I said earlier, when it came to fantasy points, he has scored the third most fantasy points only behind Chase Elliott and Bubba Wallace in the last six restrictor plate races, which means he is usually running up front and his average position in the 2021 season was eighth and sixth at this race, meaning He was up in the top 10 the entire time. And then when you look at the Talladega race that just happened most recently, he finished second and scored 35 fantasy points. He he knows how to run up front. He really does. And the third most important thing to consider is Richard Childress Racing has somehow figured out these super speedway races once again. And you can see it in both the Cup Series, uh, but mostly in the Xfinity Series with Austin Hill. And yeah, I know the Xfinity Series cars are way different from the Cup Series cars, However, we have noticed in the past how much of an importance that is and how much that can honestly bleed into the Cup Series. I mean, Colic Racing is a good example. Yes, their finishes may have not been near the front like we were hoping here at these Super Speedway races, but you can still see there is talent right there in those cars, and when they want to, they can slowly but surely make their way near the front. Austin Dillon is another one of those drivers who's had had a victory in the past here at Daytona, where it was a Daytona 500 victory, and I do believe he's even had a Coke Zero victory. No. Sorry, I'm thinking of Coca-Cola 600. But either way, 
definitely someone you really should consider as your fourth or fifth pick for fantasy rosters. As, like I said, he has scored the third most fantasy points here so far in the last six races when it comes to super speedways. And that's something to greatly consider. And also another driver to consider that is also a Chevy is the number one of Ross Chastain. Yes, Ross Chastain makes it onto the list after finishing last place in the Daytona 500. I do believe if you have one pick left for Ross Chastain, if you still have picks for him, might as well use him here at Daytona. He is definitely a riskier driver. He's, he, he almost fits more in the take a gamble category. But still, Trackhouse Racing has had fast cars at almost every single racetrack they go to. They have had a bit of a struggle finishing near the front in the last few races. I'm not going to deny that. However, if they are able to get stage wins or finishing near the front of those stages, kind of like Joey Logano, that's still a viable option for your fifth pick in your fantasy team. I mean, he got a victory at Talladega. He was running up front for the most part in that race, and I think he can do the same here at Daytona. He just has to stay out of trouble, and he has to stop wrecking people. So that is the one thing you got to really consider is how many people he's going to take out and how many enemies he's going to make. But at the same time, He's going to be running up front, regardless of what happens. At least at the beginning of the race, he'll be running up front, and that's something you got to consider. And the last driver to fit here in the top 10 category that you should have as a good fantasy pick here for this weekend, the number 17 of Chris Busher. Yep, both RFK cars make it into the top 10 in fantasy picks. And there is a good reason why, because here at these super speedways, they got it figured out. And Chris Busher, yes, a lot of people are talking about his road course skills right now. However, if you do remember the last few years, he's also been a front runner at super speedways at Talladega and Daytona. Look at his last few finishes at super speedways here in the Coke 0400. He finished second in 2021, led eight laps. Finished 9th in 2020. He did have a 17th place finish in 2019. But back in 2018, he was able to finish in the top 5. 2017 in the top 10. He's a top 10 runner here in the secondary Daytona race. And that is very important to consider because you want someone with consistency right now. And you might get it from both the RFK cars. I really do believe that. And Chris Buescher right now has a lot uh, riding on this race as he needs to get a victory to make his way in and he could potentially do it if he stays out of trouble if he gets the right push because he was able to get the victory in the Daytona duels he was a pretty good runner in the Daytona 500 yeah Chris Buescher great option to go with and will probably be a number four pick for fantasy teams he just has to make sure he stays out of trouble and for the most part he usually gets into the trouble in the Daytona 500 but here in the Coke Zero 400 he's usually in the top 10 and those are the seven drivers who make up the rest of the top 10 that you should consider as parties your fantasy team we have the number one of Ross Chastain the number two of Austin Sendrick the number three of Austin Dillon the number six of Brad Keselowski the number 11 of Denny Hamlin the number 17 of Chris Buescher and the number 22 of Joey Logano Alrighty, now it is time to move on to the take a gamble category. This is a pretty important category as these could be drivers who could really help out your fantasy team in case someone like Ryan Blaney or Bubba Wallace get caught up in an accident. You need someone in this spot to replace them so you can still have an opportunity to finish up front in your fantasy league here for this weekend. These drivers here will be drivers who are either super risky but could pay out um, greatly if they stay out of trouble or drivers who have been very consistent in the past as they may not be running for the victory, they might be able to sneak away with a top 10 finish which is always very important. Let's first start off with a Henrik driver who is a risky, risky pick. However, it is either boom or bust for him and that is William Byron in the number 24 machine. At the Daytona 500, he's struggled. 
he he is for some reason the Daytona 500. He cannot get a good finish there as he hasn't gotten a top 20 finish at the Daytona 500 in the last five years. Let that one sink in. But here in the Coke Zero 400, he either finishes first or second or finishes outside the top 30. There's no in-between with this guy. He leads a bunch of laps in these races. He really does. He is usually a front runner, but he is definitely more of a riskier pick than Joey Logano because most of the time it's either dead last or top three. So that's something you got to really consider with William Byron. Is he worth the gamble? I think so. But take that with a grain of salt because I am a 24 fan. He did get that victory at Atlanta, which is another thing to consider because that is kind of a restrictor plate race, and he had a fast car there. But I do believe in the other Atlanta race, he got caught up in an incident. So it's hit and miss with William Byron. You don't know what you're going to get, and I think he's a good driver to keep on the bench. I wouldn't rely on him as a regular fantasy pick as like your third or fourth because there's a very good chance he might disappoint you with an early wreck in the race. So William Byron... Great if he can make it to the finish, but usually he can only muster up like five points at most in some races. So do keep that in mind. Next up, we have the number 34 of Michael McDowell. Yes, Michael McDowell had to make it on this list. I mean, Michael McDowell has been similar to RFK Racing. He has been doing a bounce back here in the summer stretch with some really good finishes. And if he wasn't going to get a victory at a road course, then he was going to shoot for this Daytona race. And there's a good reason why a lot of people should consider him because he is typically a front runner at these races anyways. Not usually a driver who can compete for the victory, but can run around in the top 10 as his average running position is usually 12th, 14th, 15th. And that is usually very common for a lot of drivers who run near the front. And you can get that from Michael McDowell as he's had some close finishes. He had that victory in the Daytona 500. He finished seventh in the Daytona 500 this year. I mean, there's a very good opportunity that Michael McDowell could be an upset winner here in this race. I feel like some other drivers I mentioned have a better shot at getting the victory. However, he is a driver who could stay out of trouble. There's been a couple of incidences where he's been caught up in some problems. I mean, the most recent Coke Zero 400, he wrecked out and finished last place, which is kind of funny from first to worst in the same year. However, though, the team has looked really strong this year with the next-gen machine. Could be a front-runner in this race and a driver you might want to take a gamble on here this weekend. Next one we have here is the number 19 of Martin Trex Jr. Yes, I was not going to leave out Martin Trex Jr. when he's in a situation where he has to gain a lot of points here in this race. But there was a reason why I did that, and he's kind of similar to William Byron. It's either a top five finish for him here in this race or outside the top 20, where his average running position is usually around 15th or 16th. But do keep in mind... He had one of the better race cars at the Daytona 500, something we haven't seen from Martin Trex Jr. in quite a while, and that is something that kind of eases our minds on, hey, maybe he is going to be a good option here in this race. And even in the Talladega race, he was able to score 45 points total and get a top five finish. The reason why I consider him more of a riskier driver is just the fact that he's 26 points behind. He needs to do everything he can. He's going to be greedy. He's going to be aggressive. And more than likely, he's going to be around Ross Chastain, who for some reason always takes him out in these races. Still, however, I think he is still a good option to go with. Keep an eye on how he does in Stage 1 and Stage 2. If he can do something like the Daytona 500, throw him in. 
Throw, take him out of the bench spot and throw him in and replace him with someone else. Because if you can get those 20 points from stage stages, having him at the very least as a fifth pick is huge here for these races that are super unpredictable. So Martin Trex Jr., even though he's not my favorite Toyota here in this race, he is still a great option and could really help out fantasy teams just for the simple fact that he needs to do everything he can to catch up to Ryan Blaney as far as points go in case we get a surprise winner here in this race. Two more picks left in the take a chance category. Who are we going to go with? There are some viable options here. Why don't we go with a mid-tier team, the number 43 of Eric Jones. I like Eric Jones here in this race for multiple reasons. One, he's had a victory here in the past, so he knows how to run around Daytona. And two... Talladega, he was so damn close to getting that victory. He looked so strong in that race. And that is something that makes me really lean towards more the area of, yes, he's going to have a good race here this weekend. Now, there is some things to consider here. I mean, his last few runs here at Daytona haven't been that great. The last time he's gotten a top 10 finish was all the way back at the Daytona 500 in 2019. So that's a little bit worrisome. I'm not going to lie. But his average running position has been around the same as some of the other front runners, where he is average running position is 12th or 15th, which may not sound great, but believe me, that is honestly a good spot to be at. He's led laps in all the restrictor play races we have seen so far here this year, which is something to really consider. So Eric Jones, uh, he's a good driver to keep on the bench because I feel like the Fords are going to be a little bit stronger but if he's there near the finish yeah throw him in he, he's going to try to win his way in and that 43 team has been very close in the past few years last time they've been in victory lane was here at Daytona in 2014 when Eric Amarola was the driver and Bubba Wallace has been close a couple of times getting a victory in that number 43 machine we got to keep that in mind so yes Eric Jones definitely a driver you want to take a gamble on here this weekend now we only got one more spot here and there's a few drivers I've left out here honestly there, there's some drivers that people are going to be like what the hell how could you leave him out he is such a great option to go with but I got to include this one just by how well he ran the Atlanta race. He's very consistent at these types of racetracks and one that I really like to see finish near the front or get the victory even though he wouldn't make his way into the playoffs just by how far behind he is in points. I am talking about the number seven of Corey LaJoy. We have to take into consideration just how well he is able to finish at these races. That number seven car, I don't know what it is. But the dude can finish near the front. He has multiple, multiple top 10s here in the last few years at both the Daytona 500 as well as the Coke Zero 400. With a great run at Atlanta, he proved to everyone that, hey, Spire Motorsports can compete at these types of racetracks. And if he stays out of trouble like he's really good at doing, you're going to see him run near the front there near the end and could be a good viable option. He is the riskiest of the riskiest drivers just because he doesn't usually do anything in stage one or stage two. Uh, you're just going to rely on him if one of your drivers gets caught up in an incident and you got to throw him in there. But for the most part, he does finish in the top 10. And if he's scoring stage points in stage one and stage two, then yeah, you're definitely going to want to include him. So even though he's a driver you definitely never consider, he is still one that you want to take a gamble on and could really surprise a lot of people here in fantasy this weekend. So those are the five drivers you might want to take a gamble on here this weekend. We have the number seven of Corey LaJoy, the number 19 of Martin Trex Jr., the number 24 of William Byron, the number 34 of Michael McDowell, and the number 43 of Eric Jones. 
All right, so those are the 15 drivers I really like here this weekend when it comes to Daytona. There's a lot of drivers that I left out that I feel kind of bad leaving out, but at the same time, it, I feel like they these drivers will be the best ones that will be running near the front that uh, will stay out of trouble. We'll still talk about the other drivers that we left out here as we're going to go into the hit the brake category, but these 15 drivers I feel the most comfortable having on your fantasy roster here this weekend. Let's go from the lowest number to the top numbers on drivers who didn't make it in. Let's first talk about the number four of Kevin. Harvick. Kevin Harvick is not really that great here when it comes to the Coke Zero 400. He does have some top five finishes at the Daytona 500, but here in the last few years, his best finish has been a 16th place position, and his average running position is usually um, worse than the top 15, so Kevin Harvick I don't feel too comfortable with here this weekend. Even though he's running really good right now, here at Daytona, I don't expect too much. The number five of Kyle Larson, just Super Speedways and Kyle Larson does not mix well together. Even though he had a good run at Talladega, it still does not trust me to put him on your fantasy roster here this weekend. If you got a pick left for him, if you want to use him, fine. But do keep in mind, there is a really good chance that he will run into problems. Tyler Reddick is the next one up, and like I was talking earlier, RCR has some great cars here for Super Speedway races right now. However, Tyler Reddick has the hardest time finishing these races. Only one top 10 finish in the last five races. All the other finishes, 27th or worse. I don't really like those odds, so I feel like it would be best to keep Tyler Reddick off rather than put him on your fantasy roster. Eric Amarola is the next one up, and yeah, he did get a top five finish at the Daytona 500, but his other finishes are usually 15th and worse, and that's the one thing that really worries me when it comes to Eric Amarola. If this was Eric Amarola in 2018 or 2017, I'd say, oh yeah, put him in there. Put him in there. He's going to finish in the top 10. He, he's a reliable source. But he hasn't really been that. He's been more of the driver who can finish like 12th through 18th. And when you are mostly known as a driver who usually does that, I'd rather rely on a driver who's riskier, who could finish in the top 10, but could also finish 30th or worse, rather than a driver who consistently finishes 15th. That's my personal opinion. If you want to put him in, fine. But do keep in mind that he has kind of lost a little bit of his momentum. Then again, he does have a contract extension. But for now, I'm hitting the brakes with the number 10 of Eric Amarola. Chase Briscoe comes up next, and he was able to finish third in the Daytona 500. However, his other finishes were right around the 20th position. His average running position was around the 20th position. So, yeah, he got lucky there near the end, but I'm not going to rely on luck with Chase Briscoe. I hope for a good race for him, but out of all the Stuart Haas racing cars, he is probably like my third favorite overall. I'd rather go for someone like Eric Amarola or Kevin Harvick rather than Chase Briscoe. Next, we have David Reagan, and let me just say... If this was the Daytona 500, I'd say he'd be a great driver to take a chance on. However, I, I don't know what if what it is about this race, but I feel like he could potentially be a driver to stay out of problems, but I see at best a 12th place finish for this number 15 car. It's great to see David Reagan back in, but I don't think it's worth enough to put him in on your fantasy roster. Daniel Hamrick is the next one up in the number 16 machine. Yes, Collard Racing's making steps in the right direction. Still not at the level I want to see them at yet. If Justin Haley does good in this race, then I'd consider him part of your fantasy roster. But the number 16 car, I just don't. Only at road courses is when I feel comfortable putting the number 16 car on your fantasy team. Then we got the number 18 of Kyle Busch, who has more bad luck than ever. And he, most of his bad luck at Daytona comes from the Coke Zero 400. His last few finishes have been 33rd or worse. I, I'm not relying on that right now. Kyle Busch, it might be best to sit him out. Same with his teammate Christopher Bell, who has not gotten a top 10 finish yet here at Daytona. And most of the time he gets wrecked out. Yeah, he's had some average running positions around the top 10. Still, if you're relying on him for stage points, 
it's not going to be the same compared to like Joey Logano or Martrex Jr. It's just not worth putting him on your fantasy roster this week. The number 21 of Harrison Burton comes up and he was the first ever driver to flip at the Dex Gen machine as yes, his finishes have been fairly consistent when it comes to uh, super speedway races in the Xfinity series. Just looking at the cup races, he's been caught up in accidents and he hasn't been finishing near the front at all at these races. Yeah, it's best to keep him off for now. It's still not worth a chance to put him on your fantasy roster. The 31 of Justin Haley comes up next, and he would be kind of like if we were to expand the take a chance category to 10, he would be on that list. However, the number 31 team still not where I want them to be, which is kind of crazy because College Racing used to be so good at super speedway races. I can see him running around the top 15 for the most part in this race. The difference for him is going to be getting those stage points, and I don't know if he's going to be able to grab those points, which is the only reason why I feel like it's best to keep him off your fantasy roster. If he does score a few stage points here and there and gets a top 10, then yeah, it's time to consider him. But for now, let's keep him off. Then we got the number 38 of Todd Gillen. I'd rather rely on Michael McDowell more than Todd Gillen at this point when it comes to restrictor plate races. Then we got the number 41 of Cole Custer. No top 10s yet in his career in the Cup Series. And even in the X-Fan series, he struggled a lot when it came to Daytona. So, yeah, keep him off. The number 42 of Ty Dillon. uh, He could potentially get a top 20 finish, but I don't really expect anything more than that. The number 45 of Ty Gibbs, developmental drivers. I just have such a hard time with developmental drivers putting them on. And his best finish at Daytona has been an 11th place finish in the X-Fandy series where he led a couple laps. But at the same time, I don't want to take the risk on Ty Gibbs right now until he is for certain going to stay in that car for the rest of the season. And I don't see that one happening. So Ty Gibbs, yeah, keep him off for now. The number 47 of Ricky Stenhouse Jr. He is in the similar spot to Justin Haley. He can lead laps in these races. He really can. But the dude cannot finish a race. And if I had to pick someone who can get stage points but cannot finish a race, I'm going with Joey Logano or Martin Trex Jr. Not Ricky Stenhouse Jr. If you want to put him in, that is fine. But do remember, in the last five years, his best finish at Daytona has been a 13th place finish. His average running position may be 11th or 10th, but his best finish has been a 13th place. So keep that in mind. Alex Bowman. Alex Bowman, you can put him in if you want to. I just put William Byron over Alex Bowman just because William Byron it can either win the race or not win the race. Alex Bowman can either finish in the top 10 or slightly outside the top 20. So he is consistent at this racetrack. He did show consistency at Talladega. At the same time, though, don't expect a lot of points to come out of him if you do put him on your fantasy roster. He's at best your fifth pick if someone gets caught up into trouble. So he could get a top 10. But don't expect like 40 points out of the number 48 machine. Next up, we have the number 51. He did get a 17th place in the Daytona 500, but it's usually mostly due to the fact that he stays out of trouble. And if you're going to pick a Rick Ware racing car, pick the number 15 over the number 51, as David Reagan has had some success in the past. Cody Ware at Daytona, not too much of success. Then we have the number 62 of Noah Gregson. Yeah, I love seeing Beard Motorsports out here, but when they stay out of trouble, when they have a good day, it's at best a ninth place finish. So I'm I'm not really considering Noah Gregson as a good fantasy pick. It's fun to see them always finish near the front, 
but it's not going to be a lot of fantasy points coming out of him. So it's best to sit him out and just watch him and just hope they can get a good finish. Then we got the number 77 at Landon Castle. Best finish has been in 11th place, and I don't really trust that when his average running position is 23rd or worse. BJ McLeod, same thing. He has a top 10 finish in the Coke 0400 last year, but his average running position in that race was 31st. So Landon Castle, Cody Ware, BJ McLeod, they might finish in the top 10 potentially, but it's going to be because everyone else wrecked out. And then Daniel Suarez. Yes, he's been getting some laps led here and there. In Talladega, he led quite a few laps. But the dude cannot finish this race as well. As in the last six years, his best finish has been a 17th place. And from all the way from Kevin Harvick to Daniel Suarez, these are drivers you want to hit the brakes on here this weekend at Daytona. And ladies and gentlemen, that was every single driver here on the entry list for the Cup Series race at the Coke Zero 400. That will conclude our fancy picks here for this weekend, guys. Thank you so much for listening. A little bit of personal news to share with you guys. I will be going to the Las Vegas race. I'm 95% sure I will be at that race, which I'm super excited about. So, yes, I am finally going to be able to make a return to the racetrack. So that should be a lot of fun. I Hopefully, I get to see you guys there. I had a special deal with one of my co-workers. He was able to win some tickets, and he's like, I'm not going to go to this race. You want to go to this race? Hell yeah, I do. All right, here you go. So, hell yeah. So, more than likely, I'm going to see you guys at Las Vegas here in the fall. So, can't wait for that. If you want to follow me on social media, you can do so at TylerV33 on Twitter, where I talk to you guys during the race. If you guys have any questions or want to talk about anything regarding NASCAR, you can do so there. Again, that's TylerV33. I also post daily videos on TikTok at VanillaWafers44. And then on YouTube at VanillaWafers, I'm starting to post more YouTube-related videos, which you guys seem to really, really really like so I can really appreciate that and like I said the 124 diecast for the winner of the um, fantasy league this year has been completed and it looks really good it almost looks like the exact replica of the car on the podcast cover photo so I'm really happy about that one of you guys will get that and I can't wait to give it out to whoever wins the fantasy league it's really close between a few of us and above all guys thank you so much for listening to the best and trying out all the rest I have been able to fill the last few remaining minutes of your time so I'm going to take the car and pull it right on into pit road collect my last place winnings and I am out so you all take care this has been the field filler podcast <laughs>